and welcome to Dream Nation. Today we have a great guest. His name is Chesky Spencer, and he's an actor, and you might know him from some roles on Banshee. He's also been on uh, Let's Even in Longmire. Uh, people also know you from, oh, uh, Woman Walks Ahead with Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain and Sam Rockwell. Yes. And you're also on Sneaky Pete. Yes. And the Wolverine podcast, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So uh, my podcast is called Dream Nation, and on it I talk about dreams. And um, what was your dream growing up as a kid? I wanted to be everything. I think the one thing I really wanted to be as a kid was some type, well, like every kid, you want to be an astronaut or something adventurous. But yeah, I went through several things. But I think my whole dream, um, I think I probably just wanted to remain a kid the whole time. Well, you kind of do that as an actor in you a way, do. right? You yes. get to play. Yes, you do. You get to play. You get to be other people. You get to uh, explore other, um, depending on the character, to explore what their job is like. And uh, you sort of get to, yeah, you get to uh, achieve all those. You never really leave the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would be your ideal role if you could play anything? Like if it's an astronaut, like. I would love to play a hitman. <laughs> I think that's the most, I think it'd be a fun character. I love those movies like Hitman movies. It's just, it's just a fun character, fun action movie. They're very dark, mysterious, you know, and uh, I I think it'd just be really fun. Some of my favorite Hitman, the mechanic, um, the professional. um, I just think it'd be a fun role. I love the professional. I went to school with Natalie Portman when she was uh, filming the professional. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a really, really small school. And then she got the role and then like things get really weird and she left to go to a different school. <laughs> I bet. But, um, but yeah, but acting, you know, how do you approach your craft? You know, I think a lot of people are listening to this podcast and there are people who want to be an actor and they're studying. And um, you study with Bob Krakauer. You study with a lot of different teachers. Mm-hmm. How did you get into acting? How did I get into acting? Oh. Uh... I think what attracted me to acting was when it got down to it was really the study of people. I think people fascinate me. And to me, what got me into really acting was just find out the motivations of people. You have to look inward as well. Uh, what I love about uh, what I do for a living, I mean, you know, basically people think uh, actors, they see all the celebrity stuff. You know, the magazines, the premieres, the red carpet, all that stuff. But that's just, that's not really what these people do for a living, you know? So what I loved about it was just the ability to try to find out what motivates people. And how I got really into it, that's what attracted me. And then I think the more and more I got into more professionally, it uh, just raises the bar of what you're trying to uh, find in those characters. And uh, yeah, when I was a kid, that's just, like I said, I just, um, I never really left the backyard and, you know, for advice, yeah. uh, Other actors, I would say the best advice I ever got was know your craft, know thyself and perseverance. And actually I find that in, as I take on other characters or just meet people in general, I find that this universal, actually. What is your approach to developing characters? Do you have an approach? I do. Well, no, it changes all the time. It, um, 
I never, I never really go in. I guess I don't know. It's weird because when I was first starting out, there's always like people talking about take, you know, uh, your approach, your technique, your style. It's like I never really understood that. And the more I get older as an actor, I just find that's more bullshit. It really doesn't. It, you, I've run to so many other professional working actors where there's no real. You get the basics of. I think everyone should take classes to get the basics down because I've seen too many other people who just show up and you know and try to work a scene and they don't have the tools to get there. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of money being wasted by time. So when I watch other actors who are trying to find it while they're doing their work, it's like it's game day, buddy. You need to have this ready to go before you got here. So for me, classes helps you get there faster emotionally to break down the scene, um, just everything. So for actors, I would tell them to take, take classes. If you can get into conservatory, go for it. If not, just take some classes and learn your craft because you're going to need those tools. And believe me, as you work more and more, you're going to find people who are really fast and really know what they're doing. And of course, they've done like 40 or 50 films, you know. So, you know, you, I, I do, uh, if a young actor came up to me, I'd say, just know your craft, you know, study and perseverance. And it's, I to me, acting, <laughs> to me, I like this, uh, my acting teacher, David Gideon, and I was taking classes from him a long time ago, and he said something, acting isn't cool. And I never understood that, and I started working. You know, I don't think this job is cool, and it's work. It's really hard work. And um, I love it, though. You know, I'm very lucky that I found a, a job that I love to do. Well, it's a really fun job. You get to be on set with a bunch of people who are really, really passionate about it mm-hmm. because the hours are long, and... Um, it's really demanding work. Everybody has to show up and be prepared. When the lights go on, when when action is called, mm-hmm. everybody has to have their top game. Mm-hmm. And um, what are some movies that really, really inspire you? Like, what movies do you love? That I love. I love, see, I'm a big movie guy. I love movies. In fact, when I was a kid, I think that was also a uh, contributed to my um, what I did for a living you know I grew up in a very isolated town small towns where there was nothing to do and that was in Montana uh, yeah Montana and Idaho and all I had to do was watch movies you know and if I was you know luckily my parents were really strict on me because the places you know there's one place I was living where you know a lot of kids got in trouble <laughs> so I was glad that they had me in a lot now that I look back on it so I grew up with a lot of movies and some of the films that really impacted me were The Indian Runner, with starring uh, David Morris and Viggo Mortensen, directed and written by Sean Penn. I think that came around in 87, 88. That movie had a huge impact on me. And I think it was the first time I had actually seen something that really affected me. And it was just about these two brothers. And the way it was written, the way he shot it, the dialogue, the performances... And it's it's crazy because no one's hardly anyone's ever seen this movie. What's it about? It's about these two brothers. Uh, Viggo Mortensen plays a Vietnam soldier coming back. It's like 1960s, 70s. David Morse is the other brother who plays a sheriff. And it's the relationship between these two. And it's the dialogue. Uh, oh, and there's so many really huge actors in there that had small man. Benito del Toro who's in there for like one scene. He has no lines. Um and you have uh, 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 Patricia Arquette. You have all these like really amazing actors. And for me, that film just had, I don't know what it was, but it just had a huge impact on me. And it's based on a Bruce Springsteen song. 
which uh, called The Highwaymen, which I found out later after listening to uh, the Bruce Springsteen's on that Nebraska album. I really think that uh, Penn probably, he nailed that. So it inspired me. But I think everything starts from Indian Runner for me. But other movies, uh, Close Counts of a Third Kind. Um, that has a beautiful soundtrack to it. It does have a beautiful soundtrack to it. And I love that it's it's... That movie appealed to me when I was a kid, but as an adult, it still does. It's one of those films that just stands the test of time, which is probably one of my favorite films. Um, but I can go on and on about movies. There's so many films from Raiders of the Lost Ark to Pulp Fiction to My Own Private Idaho. Um, what other films that really just blew me away? Of course, all the Star Wars movies. Uh, Martin Scorsese. I didn't really discover Martin Scorsese until I was a kid around 1415 and the color of money came out and it was Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. And I went to go see that. And at that time I didn't know who Scorsese was or, you know, no idea. I just love the movies and the way he used to move the camera took me back. And it just, it, as a 14, 15 year old kid, just the technical part of making a movie bloom. I know nothing about movies. I just love being sitting in a dark room and watching and getting taken away for two to three hours. And, Watching Scorsese move the camera around and the performances and the soundtrack, that had a huge... So each... As I grew up watching film, I just started picking up things here and there, and it just started fascinating more and more. <laughs> well, speaking of music, too, um, you play the drums, and actually you're really, really into music. That's what a lot of people probably don't know about you. Yeah. Um, you're like an encyclopedia of, of music. Mm-hmm. And music has so much to do with telling a story in a film. Mm-hmm. And so, so important because the whole movie depends on the soundtrack, right? Like, it has so much power to it. It is a tool for a film. Um, I think sound, sound to me is extremely important for a film because, you know, when... Um, I read somewhere, who was telling me this? It was one of those directors I was hanging out with uh, about sound or saw it on TV or something. But uh, uh, they did a study where they put an audience in and um, come to find out if the sound wasn't good, you could have the best performance, it's beautifully shot, it's great, but the sound, if people can't can't, uh, believe if the sound's crappy and people don't believe it, that takes them completely out more than a bad performance or more than a, the way it's shot. Cause you can get away with that. But um, yeah, I didn't realize how important sound was until I saw that, but it does. It makes sense. Music wise. Uh, yeah. I, I, like I said, I can go back to Scorsese when it comes to music His, I mean, you look at Goodfellas, casino departed music is a huge, huge part of his uh, film. Um, you know, some of the soundtracks I like were, uh, yeah, I like what uh, Trent Reznor's doing with, I forget the guy he's working with, but he's done a lot of amazing soundtracks. Um, I'm trying to think of them music-wise. Uh, yeah, music was a huge part. Um, it helps also to help get me into a character or a state of a mind or emotion if I have to for uh, get on a movie set or when I'm in preparing for a scene or role. Talk about that a little bit more, like the impact of uh, music on you preparing for a role. Oh, it's very important. Um, Like, what do you do? Do you listen to what kind of music? Like, you obviously probably switch out music every time you have a different role, right? Yeah, I do. Um, It depends on the role. And it depends all on the music. Like, it's funny. Um, It's sort of become like a habit 
for me, if I'm in my trailer preparing to go on scene, you know, I crank my music and it's usually probably Prince. <laughs> I usually had, there's a song that's a go-to for me. It's uh, uh, Prince's Mountain. I think it came off the um, uh, Under the Cherry Moon soundtrack, but there's something about that beat and the chord progressions. It's very simple, but there's a driving beat to it and somehow it gets my blood going. And, you know, through classes and stuff, I've learned to like apply music to uh, invoke an emotion. And I always carry my um, phone with a certain soundtrack of what I'm going to use when I get to set because it does help. And there's been times between takes, uh, I will uh, put the headphones in my ears and go off on my own for a little bit while they're setting up the next shot and come back because I want to keep that energy. And it's funny is that there are certain sounds. This is what I learned in class through sense memory is that there are certain sounds, music, smells, touches that will just invoke an emotion and it'll come really fast. And what I like is that just through working and knowing myself enough to, I know what song is going to evoke an emotion and have the ability to keep myself very open for when that has to happen. And, and I apply that to when I work um, with the lines If something should evoke an emotion, you know, you gotta, I just use it or, uh, w whatever is thrown at me in a scene. And when I, some of the stuff I listen to when I, uh, prepare goes for everything, classical blues, uh, death metal, hip hop, everything. What's on your Spotify right now? My Spotify, I have a lot of Rolling Stones, a lot of Guns N' Roses, a lot of Tribe Called Quest, um, Jay-Z, who else? Migos. What else am I listening to? I have this uh, on Spotify, the movie soundtrack. Uh, yeah, the playlists. And that's everything from like Mark, is it Cayman or Carmen? I think it's Cayman. Mark Cayman. No, Michael Cayman. Sorry, Michael Cayman. Um, Hans Zimmerman. Hans Zimmerman was a, I liked Hans Zimmerman. He does a lot of amazing stuff. Danny Elfman. And uh, I didn't know he was a, I think he was a, the lead singer and songwriter for Ongo Bongo. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was for yeah. Ongo Bongo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I thought that was really cool. So yeah, music, yeah. Uh, I try to use everything, uh, but music seems to be a really good um, um, a rock solid staple for what I have in my toolbox. Um, so my next question would be actually about Desert Cathedral, the movie that ah. you were in. That was like a really great um, showcase of all these other colors that you have, right? Because I think you play a lot of tough guy roles and that's how everybody knows you, right? You, yeah. you play like protector, leader, yeah. and you're always like, oh, big, big, strong man roles. But yeah. you're really sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually nothing like the roles I you're, play, you're, which maybe that's good. <laughs> which is probably good, but you're very much, you know, you're like, yeah. knowing you in person, you're very, you're very different. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you're very like friendly and really approachable <laughs> and you're not scary at all. No. So I always find that really interesting, right? Like mm. transitioning into character yeah. and then also playing all these archetypes that I think maybe the world sees you as. What we are on the inside is so different from who we are on the outside. Like these bodies that we're just like born in sometimes, yeah. right? And people project all these stories and images into them. And I thought your work in Desert Cathedral was really gorgeous. Oh, thank it you. It was just, you know, you had a lot of different sensitive colors to you, which I think really makes you interesting as an actor. Oh, and thank you. um It'd be really great to see you more in those roles. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Like, <laughs> um, we were talking about Desert Cathedral, and I actually asked, like, what are some roles that you want to play aside from Hitman? Because you have a sensitive side. I want to play all the roles. There's not a specific role that I love or want to do. The Hitman would just be a fun role because it'd be fun. I can roll around, play with guns, and, you know, not much dialogue and look like a badass. Um, 
and you know, I've done a lot of indie films, some seen, someone no one has seen. <laughs> oh, you've done a pilot with Gus Van Sant. Yes, too. I did. Yeah, I think it's called The Devil You Know. Yeah. I've done a lot of pilots. <laughs> a lot of them got picked up. <laughs> you were just in uh, Scalp, too. Yeah, we did Scalp down in New Mexico. And that's a project I've been, a, I've been it's a passion project that I've been, ver- been wanting to do for probably 10, 12 years. Um, and uh, luckily, I, um, I was trying to acquire the rights and trying to do all this stuff with it maybe like, yeah, 10 years ago. And I didn't have the clout or the money at the time. Um, but it came back around through Doug Young and um, was it uh, not WGN and Renee Haynes, the casting director, who's cast me in everything. You know, I really have to give mad props to her because she's created my career. Um, she was casting, and so I liked about Scout was it was uh, it was a Native American um, graphic novel. Um, it's very much in tune with the times. And the past, and what I liked about Scalped, it was all in-house. Well, not all of it, but most of it was in-house. It was going to create a lot of jobs for creative Native American people and other Native artists. And it just was a platform, and it could have been a great show, but it didn't get picked up. But here's the thing. If you can find the graphic novel Scalped, please check it out and pick it up, because I think uh, it's, it's, it's a very entertaining graphic novel. The series is done. The graphic novel series is done, so you can finish it all. And... Uh, it, I think that it would have been a great showcase for the other types of flavor in uh, the acting community. Well, you also really like graphic novels too, right? Yeah. Like we were talking yeah. about Saga the other day, yeah. and that's a really beautiful graphic novel. It is. I wish someone. I just probably it's probably been bought by a studio or something. But that's a that's a uh, a graphic novel. I'd love to see to come to the screen. That would be a great great uh, uh, graphic novel. You know, my whole entire podcast is about helping other people figuring out what their passion is in life and going after it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have love or passion, then it's a very boring life. You become really burned out. So you got to love. You have to love it. You really, if you find something that you love to do and you're passionate about it, it's hard. It's not hard to keep it because you love it so much, but you're going to be thrown obstacles. It doesn't matter what you do. You're an actor, a musician, doctor. It's your dream. That's basically your dream. Whatever that dream is. I think everyone gets their dream. If long as you don't give up on it. Don't settle because I think the universe gives you what you want. And I think that you said this once. You just got to show up. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say it. I think it was Woody Allen. Woody he Allen? said okay. that 99% of life is just showing up. I believe that. I believe I believe just showing up. You got like 50 to 60. Yeah, like you said, like I'm going to say 70%, 80% is done. You just show up. And the other 20%, 10%, whatever it is you're trying to... The work, but if you just show up, at least participate. <laughs> right. You, well, it's preparations. Going back uh-huh. to what you said earlier, uh-huh. right? It's doing all the work, mm-hmm. being prepared, showing up to set, mm-hmm. and then just having a positive attitude. Yeah, that's very you important. Know? When I work, it changes a lot. But the one thing that maintains them, I'm always nice to the crew, the director, you know, because we're all here into this in this ship together. The crew, the grips, they're working harder. Than probably most people there, you know, they're tearing it down the transpo, they're tearing it down, putting it up to the first people in the last people to leave. So it's a circus. And I love that circus life. Now, I'm very glad I chose what I, either that or I'd have been a roadie <laughs> so I can travel and just meet people. But as an actor, um, it's the circus. You join, you're stuck with these people for a couple months. You got it, you know. I love the crew. I love hanging out with crew people. I love the grips. I love the sound guys. I love the hair and makeup ladies. It's just a fun environment to hang out. But yeah, I think um, 
having a good attitude, uh, being serious about your work. I like this quote. I think it was Paul Newman that said it. Uh, I think he said, take, take your craft serious, but don't take yourself seriously. And you have to find a, I have to find a balance when I go to a set to find out how much I can be kind of loose and talk to people and hang out and how much I have to preserve my energy for the scene. And a lot of times I'm preserving my energy. And what I like about the like, crew, they've been there this a long time. I mean, they know they've probably seen every type of actor method, whatever it is, they're over it. So they give you your space. You know, it goes, here's the crazy act. Let him have his space. And I love that because I have to do my job. So we're not stuck here for hours, wasting money, wasting time. Also, it's got to be important the audience sees it. So I have to be pretty focused on what I'm doing. So as I get older and more into my craft and what I work, I tend to be more isolated. When you're there, it's game day. You know, there's a lot of money at stake, your career, their careers, everybody. And I'm very lucky. I know I'm very lucky to be able to find a job that I love. It's not even a job. It's I love to do this and I'm doing what I love, but it's work. You know, it's also um, the ups and downs of a career, but it's it's I wouldn't have chose any other thing. And I love I love it. It's great. Well, besides being a roadie for a band. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be a roadie for a so band. If you could be a roadie for any band, like in your wildest dreams, mm-hmm. which band would it be? Does it have to be now? No, it could okay, be like yeah. a broken up band. OK, OK. Rolling Stones, uh, the concert in the 70s. Oh, yeah. I would totally be on that. I totally. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I would um, I would love to be a roadie with the Rolling Stones during the 70s. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I would have gotten into a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I love the Rolling Stones. Um, so to wrap up the interview, mm-hmm. um, what is your dream for the rest of your life, I guess, as an adult? Ooh, as an adult, I'm really coming into that phase where, you know, I want, I want the kids, I want the the house, I want to live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, acting is not, it's still my passion and is important, but it's not as important. And I think maybe, I don't know, hopefully we'll, people relate to this is that as I get older, my job, I, I'm very grateful and love what I do and I don't like ever want to give it up it's great but i found my life there's more things going on than just acting my career because i think when i was young very driven very ambitious and driven and that's what helped me get you know where i am but as i get older i'm noticing i don't really there's other things in life and i think maybe you know when you turn 40-ish or somewhere around there you're halfway point you know, there's only so much time I have left in my 20s and 30s it went by so fast. And I had a great time. I had a fun time. And I'm very lucky that I have a career, you know, as being an actor. Um, now, I still want the career, but it's not as important as it used to be. And there are other things in life. And I find myself taking longer walks in life, stopping smelling the roses more than just being just so ambitious. I think that's really important because as an actor, as an artist, you know, I am my own instrument. So I have to embrace this new phase in my life because it's going to apply to my work. And I've noticed it has. I've noticed I've approached the way I say my lines, the way I approach it. It's a little, it's starting to slow down a little bit. And it's nice because it becomes more confident. And I think as, a, as I keep working, the more confidence I get and 
my dream is to continue working, but embracing this new phase of my life. Cause I think that, you know, a lot of people don't do that. You've got to recognize where you're at also emotionally, um, just where you're at in life. And I really have no complaints, you know, I mean, a lot of people, I just talked to a, a buddy of mine like a while ago and he was talking he was, as actors, you know, as working actors, you don't know where your next gig is. You really don't. I mean, you hopefully have a plan, but even that's, you have no idea. So he was kind of feeling down and stuff. And, you know, I just told him that, you know, it's um, any career, there's going to be ups and downs. And you just got to ride out the downs because there'll be ups and you got to ride those out too because that's not going to last either. It just goes up and down, up and down. And I think as I get older and I want to, because I've already, I've already sort of attained my dream. I, you know, I, I set out, I'm, I want to be an actor. You know, I want to work with some really major people. And I was like 21. I came here with a hundred bucks and one way ticket. No connections to any type of movie people whatsoever. I just said, that's what I was going to do. Where'd you move from? Moved from Kuski, Idaho. Or I'm sorry. I was living, I graduated from Kuski, Idaho, living in Lewiston, Idaho. And I wasn't doing, man, I wasn't doing anything there. Just wasting time. You know, okay. So my, my child, my, my time in Lewiston, Idaho, I don't know, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Cool Hand Luke, but I could relate to the opening scene when he's just walking around uh, uh, cutting off the tops of parking meters. That's what, to me, Lewiston, Idaho was. I wasn't doing anything. So I thought, if, I, if I, I'm going to move to New York, if I don't land anything in one year, I'll go home. And I meant anything, like a play, uh, anything, an extra work. And I started landing stuff like maybe eight, nine months when I got here. And it's just perseverance. I just grabbed a, ba- a backstage back then, looked in the background, started going to all the agents, managers, uh, very naive. But I just threw myself out there because that's all I know what to do. And it just paid off. And I'm not saying that it happened over. It didn't happen overnight. But the things I did do, the small things and no one thinks are important, I did. And things started working out. What were the small things? Just showing up for auditions. Uh, uh, also, you know, there's a time when you uh, you just um, got your headshots and resume and you'd spend a night stapling those things together and mailing them off. Every week I would do a huge mail out of all these agents. I was like 23 at the time. All these agents, managers, everything. I would just mail all of them out and not think anything of it. And then a month or two later, I got uh, one of my first gigs was I did a modeling gig for the Sweet Valley High Twins books back somewhere in their late 90s. Can you please find that picture? Yeah, somewhere yeah, so yeah it's somewhere it. around there. <laughs> so I did a modeling gig for that. But that was the same thing. I just sent my headshot and resume out and then went to bartending and just prayed for the best. And then I would get feedback. And that was one of the first gigs. So, you know, talent does have a part in it. But also, it's just work. It's the little things, the God's details that you have to pay attention to. Uh, and that's and those little things are what helped me out. And, and I do that. I still apply that even when I memorize lines. You know, I go through every line. I go through every little is the how am I going to approach this? And because that's what I know. That's all I know. People have other ways to approach. But for me, it's I go really into detail. Uh, and when I go over my lines, it's the same way. Um, how am I going to say the? You know, I go through everything and that's it's called craft. It's called craft. Yeah. And I've learned to do that. And I've also picked up things from other actors I've worked with. You know, I've worked with some pretty named actors and I stole things from, you know, stole little techniques and things from them or they've gifted them upon me and told them like, so what do you do, man? 
well, this is what I do. I'm like, ah, okay, I'll use that. And I use it and apply it to whatever my next role or film is, and it works. It's called inspiration. <laughs> inspiration. And I'm lucky that I've worked with a lot of amazing people. But um, um, for my dream, I think I'm living my dream. I think I just have to maintain it. <laughs> but the dream's changing a lot. But the, but the, but the original goal is always, I think, I think I'm in a good position. Well, I think at such a young age, you like touched the top of the mountain, right? You did it. You set out. You were in a huge movie. Mm-hmm. Twilight was one of probably the yeah. biggest franchises. That's, yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It was huge. You know, and that's an incredible thing to achieve as an actor. You, you achieved your dream. You have a career and it's wonderful. What is the advice that you have for people who are trying to achieve their dream? Besides perseverance, right? And the details. That's a good one. What's the third thing that you would add to it? A third thing I'd add to it. Believe in self. You have to have a confidence in yourself. And you go through life. Well, here's the thing. I can only apply it to acting. Is that when we're kids, there's no barriers. There's no race barriers. There's no, there's no barriers when you're a child. Your imagination is so open. And you can run and play, you know. And But somewhere along the way, influences start happening and make you develop judgments and also to close yourself off to protect yourself emotionally, whatever it is. That's just life. That just happens. So what I love about what I do is that I'm able to get past that and able to be so open where I can, my imagination can open again like I'm a kid. And the third thing to achieve your dream would be, yeah, self-confidence. I think, uh, I think it's everyone who's able to obtain, you have to believe in yourself because no one is going to. No one's going to believe in your dream. They might get little snippets here and there, but you're the one with your dream and you have to like hold on to it, take care of it. Um, and I think it's the process of working at something that uh, helps get me up in the morning. And I think everyone should have that, uh, a goal to help. Because for me, if I couldn't find that, you know, I don't know what I would do or, you know, where I would be. Oh, wow, I'm having some crazy deja vu right now. <laughs> <laughs> crazy deja vu. Whoa. Okay. Well, well, you know, you hear, sometimes you hear that deja vu is like a memory lapse reminding mm. you that you're on the right path. It's like yeah. a glitch in the system. Yeah. Or it's the matrix. <laughs> or the matrix. I, I should have taken the blue pill <laughs> or red pill, whatever that pill was. Well, I think we've taken the right pills because we're living our dream. Yeah. And it's very hard to do. And I think you can, what helps me is that, you know, like I said, you know, show business can be a really tough business. So I have to love what I do. And it is a dream that I'm living. I never thought it would actually, no one really thinks it's actually going to happen. You just keep working at it. Um, and it's made me, you know, I feel like I'm fulfilled, 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 that. Hold on, doing my little mouth exercises. I feel whole. (laughs) 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 I can't say fulfillment. There it is. (laughs) It's a mouth exercise. Yeah, it's a mouth exercise. But yeah, um, if I advise anyone to, if you want to be an actor, if you really want to be an actor, and I'm, if I'm talking to like some 12-year-old, 13-year-old who want to be an actor because they see it looks like a fun job, it is. But it's also really hard work. It's really hard work. And I think a lot of the public sees the 
the end result of that, you know, the lights, the carpet, you know, the fame and all that stuff. And that's just to promote the film, you know, behind all that scenes, there's a lot of hard work that goes behind it. Um, what was there? We were talking, Oh, uh, I was watching something on uh, mission impossible. Something came up on it and it talked about Tom Cruise. Why is Tom Cruise the way he is? Guy wakes up like at four 30 in the morning, hits the gym. He approaches the day like he's never been on a movie set. I think that's amazing. And there's a reason why Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, because he's maintained that. And that's very hard to do. I mean, I get up whenever I want. I go to the gym. I drag myself to the gym. And, you know, I pat myself on the back for that. But it's a lot of hard work if you want that. It's, it's, it's really, it's luck. It's preparation. It's sacrifice. A lot of sacrifice. Um, just... Just trying to, uh, I'm trying to figure out a good way. To, I, actually, that's about it. <laughs> I'm, I have nothing profound to say. There's no words of wisdom here. Find your inner Tom Cruise. Find your inner Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, but, okay, here's what I was going to say. Um, it's just work. You know, study. Know thyself. That's one thing that uh, one best uh, advice I ever got to myself was know thyself. I know myself. And I'm open to learn more things about myself as I get older, which helps apply to what I do. Um, and discipline, you know, the discipline, I work on lines, I shut down everything. I am on those lines 24 seven until I get them down. And then I got to go to the gym, you know, I got to work out, keep the body in shape. Um, and then show up when I need to show up and show up at the auditions and show up at the meetings I need to and all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom on the show. I hope it was. I don't know. I know. Hey, it goes back to being confident, right? Have confidence. Well, it's confidence, but also it's open. It's empathy. It's empathy. Yeah. As an actor, you know, you got to have empathy. You got to like be able to put yourself in shoes. Even some of the most horrible people, you got to figure out they didn't think they were horrible. So if I'm playing someone like a horrible person that... You know, you don't want ever to be around. I got to find something good about that person that I can play him in a way where, you know, you believe it. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Today. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. It's not Dream Nation Podcast. It's Dream Nation Love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world so it's dream nation love share it with your friends have a great day and go out and make the world a better place